the station that lives by the motto, rock or vacate the chair. Mr. Speaker! So to speak. I want to thank... Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Joining us now, a man uh, whose college football interests will not uh, you know, fire up until uh, Monday when his Liberty Flames uh, take uh, center stage on a New Year's Day bowl game. Uh, he is uh, 5th District Congressman Bob Good. Uh, Bob, good morning, sir. How are you doing today? Good morning, Joe. Happy New Year, my friend. Doing well, and hope you are also. I hope you had a blessed uh, Christmas uh, as well. We just did a special report, and I, and I have other things to talk about. But you you worked in in uh, the athletic department uh, at uh, Liberty University prior to uh, your public service. Um, talk about the impact of something like getting a New Year's Day bowl game on the academics of Liberty and the things that it helps Liberty University uh, do. Just out of uh, curiosity, uh, the impact of this kind of stuff. You know, I had my dream job at Liberty for 15 years, uh, serving as one of the senior associate athletic directors, uh, particularly in the area of development or fundraising, overseeing what's called the Flames Club, the Booster Club, raising money for facilities, scholarships, and operations. And it was my dream job to work at my alma mater, where I had attended school, as you know, and where I had been a student athlete as a wrestler. My wife had cheered there, so it was a homecoming for us now nearly 20 years ago when we came back there. And I would be in Phoenix right now. I would be in Arizona at the, at the Fiesta Bowl if I was still serving at Liberty in my previous capacity. Certainly went to all the away football games on the team flight. Uh, worked with the alumni groups and the other donors uh, for the away game events that we had. And uh, it, was, it was a wonderful time. You know, Liberty University is a uniquely large uh, evangelical conservative Christian school. It's a major university, about 16,000 students on campus, some 100,000 online students as well. Uh, it's got world-class facilities. You know, it certainly uh, does everything from a Christian, conservative, biblical worldview, uh, which we believe is consistent with science, and uh, it, 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 it's exploding, it's growing, it's doing very well. And to your question specifically, obviously didn't know we were going to talk about this this morning, but an athletics department, I've always believed, is the major uh, marketing arm of a university. Uh, nothing draws students back to campus. Nothing unites the community. Uh, you know, there's a reason why so many people, half the country probably reads the sports page first every morning <laughs> uh, when they grab the, the newspaper, the proverbial newspaper, to the degree that we, that we read the traditional newspaper in the morning like we used to grab that piece of paper. But uh, America is kind of sports crazy, uh, but sports teach wonderful life lessons, uh, the values, uh, the disciplines, uh, the lessons learned through sports for young people, they carry with them for a lifetime sacrifice, uh, service to something bigger than yourself, perseverance, uh, determination, not quitting, being part of a team, not giving up, doing today what you'll be glad you've done in the future, which is a wonderful life lesson. Uh, but, uh, but so a university like Liberty to play in our first New Year's Six Bowl, it's great for the group of five schools to have the highest-ranked group of five schools have that opportunity. I'm glad that in the new playoff system, the highest-ranked group of five schools will be in the 12-team playoff starting next year. So if that were this year, Liberty would be in the 12-team playoff. They it would be that 12 seed playing the five seed in the first round if this were a year from now. But uh, nothing you know, will bring uh, sort of attention to what Liberty's about, what it stands for, the kind of school that it is, like playing on that New Year's uh, six uh, opportunity on uh, at one o'clock on Eastern Time on Monday. Now that the, the we've we've caught the car, uh, the dog has <laughs> caught the car, so to speak, and now we've got to play the Oregon Ducks, who are six points away from being in the uh, in the playoff, the yeah. fourteen playoff themselves. And they're really good. They're really talented. I got to see them a couple of times on TV this year when they played Washington. 
couple of their other games. And uh, so Liberty certainly has their hands full. They're, they're under no illusion about how good the Oregon Ducks are and, and how they'll have to be at their very best to, to have a chance to, to compete uh, for a win against Oregon. Congressman Bob Good is on with us. And you, you, you mentioned, I think it was Supreme Court Justice Wizard White once said, you know, he reads the sports pages first because it chronicles man's achievements, not its uh, failings like the front page does. Uh, maybe that's changed a lot since then uh, as well. Uh, you know, and I want to talk about uh, the, the budget battle that looms coming in January, uh, the border on crisis. On the other hand, yeah. <laughs> on, the other, on, the, on the other page there. Um, but, yeah. but real quick, and, and, and just a, a word or two, because you know people are going to ask this as the breakup of the ACC is imminent and, and all these battles over contracts. Somebody is going to ask you, so I might as well be the first one. Should Congress get involved uh, in this? Should there be hearings, uh, antitrust, blah, 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 blah? Uh, we just had George Allen on. He was saying he wants more freedom, break up all the conferences and let the schools play You know where they, where they find games and that kind of thing. Um, should Congress you know, be dragged into this battle over these conferences? Well, if you want something messed up, get Congress involved, because as you know, when you get Congress involved, you get people who really don't know the subject material making the decisions for those who do. Uh, so I'm not sure that Congress's involvement would end up being a positive. However, college athletics is a unique thing. The, the employee model, if you will, the student-athlete model, the compensation issue, the name image likeness, the competitive nature, the antitrust nature of it, where the NCAA gets to say what schools can move up to what level, uh, what, what conferences are eligible for certain competition. There's a lot of antitrust complexities there that I think are very concerning. I think I think there, there, there probably is some congressional role to work through that because the NCAA is unique, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not optimistic that Congress would make it better. Uh, but, but one thing I do want to just point out: often, you know, college sports fans will blame the NCAA. The NCAA does this as if it's as if it's some entity in and of itself. The NCAA is the member organizations, the member universities. So the 1,100 or so schools that make up the three. Levels Division One, Two, and Three of NCAA. They are the membership of the NCAA. They hire the president of the mm. NCAA, and and so it really is a reflection of the schools. It's not just the NCAA. It's, it is not the NCAA doing this to the colleges or doing this to the universities. The NCAA is the membership. Sort of like pointing out, we voted for you know whoever, and then you know if we say, well, why did that so and so? You you voted them uh, in there. So so that being said. January comes uh, with battles. We're looking at this uh, exodus from poverty uh, in tour buses paid for by whoever in open society or whatever. Perhaps one of your predecessors signed the check for that, um, uh, working for George Soros. But these these folks, the 6,000 people coming to the border, uh, the president's in St. Croix. I guess that's one of the hotbeds uh, of this uh, illegal immigration, more cloward and piven at the border. Uh, Yet, this is at least... Least now, some of the Democrats in your House are saying, "Yeah, we should have a border issue uh, here." What's coming up with that coming in January, Bob? Sadly, I think the Democrats have realized that you know, what eleven months from now there's an election. I think what you're seeing is they they want the appearance of concern for the border based on the election coming up eleven months from. Now. I think that's the president's concern and Democrats in Congress's concern. I'm actually Joe. You heard it first here. I've not announced it yet. I'm going back to the border on Tuesday. I haven't been in about a year. It's gotten far worse since I was last there. I'm going to go to Eagle Pass uh, on on Tuesday, uh, so I will be there with a number of my colleagues on, uh, just to get up front and close 
look, but you're hearing, Joe, about the 8,000 caravan. Joe, we've got 12, 15, 20,000 a day coming across. So while we don't always see 8,000 all assembled together, the number coming across is in, you know, 15,000 or so on a daily basis now under this president. It's unbelievable, as I said before, irreparable harms being done. Only time will tell how much damage we've done to the country. Some of it we know and we can see, and some of it will only be told when they begin to wreak the havoc with these dangerous individuals who we have allowed on purpose into our country. So uh, please, and if, if people follow you on Facebook, I'm sure you'll be uh, sending dispatches. And, and if you you see something uh, notable, please let me know, and we'll we'll move your visit up from Friday to whenever you want. Uh, Bob, what what about the brinksmanship? Now you've kicked the can. Congress has got, uh, I guess, till February second to get uh, the spending bills that we keep saying. You know, hey, you guys passed some. Senate's passed much fewer um, spending bills. Uh, where do we stand on that? You've got two expiration dates right now, partial uh, expiration dates of the funding of the government. One's January 19 for four of the 12 bills. The other part is uh, February 2. But essentially, the end of January, you're going to have the end of the current government funding. Um, and the bottom line is we as a Republican Party have to stand behind our speaker, fight with our speaker, and be determined to cut spending year over year, no matter how modestly we do it. Congress hasn't cut spending year over year in decades, and we're not going to cut enough. I'm quite confident that would satisfy you or satisfy me or many of our listeners. But we've got to be the Congress that does cut year over year. There's a couple of different ways to do it. We could do a year-long continuing resolution, which would kick in automatic cuts. Uh, we could pass our remaining five spending bills. Obviously, we're not going to get that done by the end of January at this pace, of course. Uh, the Senate still has to pass nine spending bills. Um, so the Speaker has said he would not do another short-term CR, but you could do one through the end of September with automatic cuts kicked in. That would at least cut spending year over year. But I'm hearing, Joe, that there's negotiations going on. As a matter of fact, we in the House Freedom Caucus are going to put out a statement uh, criticizing this today. But I'm hearing that year over that, that, that the speaker is actually in negotiations with the Senate and the White House of actually not even adhering to the spending caps that were agreed to a year ago in the debt ceiling agreement, those very modest spending caps. Gosh, that ought to be the ceiling, not the floor, that we ought to at least not exceed those spending caps, which were not sufficient. So I'm not optimistic, but certainly I'm going to do everything I can. Uh, we at the Freedom Caucus will to influence us to cut our spending. How do we run a year from now as a Republican conference if we didn't cut our spending uh, from the previous Congress? It sounds like yet again, uh, Speaker Johnson is not um, is not living up to conservative governance. Uh, there, Bob, I, I, to quote the uh, '80s cable television network, "Do we want our MTV again? Is there is there another uh, situation where uh, Congress needs to look at who the speaker is?" Well, uh, certainly was very disappointed with the continuing resolution that was passed uh, at the end of October. Certainly disappointed with the NDAA and the failure to reform FISA that was attached to the extension of FISA. Those were massive fails from my standpoint, as well as I think many conservatives in Congress and across the country. Uh, and this is a performance-based business. It was never personal to the previous speaker. It's not personal to the current speaker, even though the current speaker uh, is, is, is very popular on a personal level in the Congress. But it's about what we do, and he's got to meet the moment. He's got to rise to the occasion. You know, people thought we were flippant and cavalier about the approach to the previous speaker. We were not. It was 
it was it was sober, it was thoughtful, it was considered on what the, the gravity of the situation, and the same would be true going forward. But you know, the previous speaker was the leader of the Republican Party for a few years. The current speaker has been the leader of the Republican Party for about sixty days. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think they should be judged equivalently in terms of consequence to them. If you know, for uh, one inherited a very difficult situation, but we expect them to put points on the board and to and to to advance the conservative agenda and do the things that we ran on a year ago. So uh, we're going to do everything we can to influence him and support him accordingly. Travel safely to the border, uh, Bob, and I hope to hear from you, if not before Friday, if there's something notable that you can find or do uh, there, especially as it relates to the funding issues. And uh, hopefully you're going down there with a smile on your face with a Liberty Flames New Year's Day bowl win. Thank you, Joe. Great to be with you. Uh, Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year, Bob. Uh, Congressman Bob Good, his website, good.house.gov. The original social media. Call Joe Thomas in the morning on anything. What do you make out of this? Really? Huh? What a bro? Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV.